Good morning, Vikings fans. This is Morning Joe's, brought to you by TicketClub.com. If you're looking for tickets to the game on Sunday, uh, check out Purple PTSD in Vikings Territory. We can get you uh, tickets with no fees. It's a uh, membership-based system, um, which typically costs $50 a year. But with our discount code, SkullPTSD, you get a free one-year membership on TicketClub.com, which is pretty fancy. I uh, am your host, Joe. Thank God the season is here, Johnson, owner of PurplePTSD.com, VikingsTerritory.com, and PurpleTerritoryRadio.com. Here with Joe. Don't tell me nothing, Oberly. <laughs> you really want the season to start? No, uh, you, mm. speculation time and, and hope time is is the greatest time of the year. I mean, everybody's uh, a Super Bowl champion to be. So exactly, uh, as soon as the season starts, everything, all hopes and and uh, dreams are dashed, and and it's it's misery and Joe's uh, self loathing begins. And oh my God! So uh, I'm just, surprised just, you're uh, the season I, I, start. I, I correct one thing you just said. My self-loathing doesn't start. It increases. <laughs> um, and I've said this on the show before, I think, but I like the time right before free agency starts, before the draft. I call it the, the pretendies because anything is possible. Um, so, yeah, right. I, I'm a little um, worried. Not worried, just, you know, pensive, I guess. You know, it, it seems like, too, and, and this is maybe too much information and, and not the most important part, but... And I understand it wholly. Like, I'm not ripping on people or calling them Fairweather fans, but our traffic right now is so amazing. And we've had it in the past, the perfect example being the the Bradford season where they started 5-0, and and you could just see this, like, perfect line of every week increasing people listening to the show, people coming to the site, and then slowly after the bye when they were losing, it just plummeted. <laughs> um, so I'm hoping so I can afford um, food to live that uh, things uh, start out well. I, I I do worry about a slow start, a discombobulated offense, um, so on and so forth. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens considering the last time we saw the first-team offense, they looked like a JV football team, basically. And by them, I mean oh Kirk, Kirk Cousins, uh, especially. How can that be from the Big Ten? I think um, he was lowering expectations, so they won't uh, scheme as much against him because, you know, Big Ten guys are all PhDs. Um, oh, my. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'm confident, though. I mean, how do you how do you feel as of right now going into the season, I guess is the best way to start the, the show. Yeah, you know, that's a good question. I, uh, uh, I, I, I usually am pretty optimistic. Uh, coming in, uh, like, like everybody else, it affects even even the the curmudgeonly old man that I am. But uh, uh, you know, every there's I've seen a lot of talk about uh, you know the Vikings have had had uh, their way with the Falcons in the last few years, and and that yeah. that's true, that's true. But I, I I feel a little uneasy. I think the Falcons are a little bit better, and they they could be sick of uh, having Zimmer hand. Hand it to him, uh, have their hat handed to him by you know his Zimmer's defense uh, year after year. So they may, they be coming in with gun blazes. I think it's going to be a really tough game, and uh, I, I think it's really important to the season to to get off on that good start at home. You, they can't afford to lose any home games, you know, or very few because their their road schedule is pretty tough. So I think this is a huge game, and it will set the tone for the season if they come out and and play well as opposed to. Uh, Sometimes Zimmer's teams get off to a, a yeah. little troublesome start. And there's been a lot of talk of that from Zimmer himself. I know a lot of people um, on our message board and, and commenting on Vikings territory have talked about Zimmer and his... Uh, uh, it seems more so this offseason. You know, when there was the whole toxic leadership, quote-unquote, thing from Red Ellison's dad, Rick Ricky Ellison... And Zimmer brought in um, like Greenway uh, after he retired to ask how he could be a better coach. And one of the bigger points of contention with the players was Zimmer's, uh, you know, he he goes and says things negatively about his players to the media. And you and I have talked about that a lot. 
in the fact that perhaps it's a, you know, he, he'll say things on the field, and if it doesn't sink in, he'll toss it out to the media, which obviously the media runs with and loves, as like a final step to, to motivate guys. But he's been doing a lot of that with, you know, there's multiple times where the defense was being complacent and didn't have the hunger or the drive of the offense, where the young receivers needed to kick it up a notch. You know, he's, he talked about Xavier Rhodes needing to play up to his contract. Um, he seems, uh, then you throw in all the kicker stuff, and it just seems like he's kind of at his wit's end uh, with a lot of this stuff. Yeah, he was nicer to Xavier this morning on at his press conference. They asked him about how he was playing in the preseason, and he actually said he thought Xavier, Xavier had a, a good preseason. Uh, the one play time when he got burned was a, a communications mix-up. But uh, when he I left that receiver that, behind him, or when he got yeah, beat, yeah, yeah. And I don't, I don't, uh, I don't know that you get the rest of the fandom to uh, uh, agree with that, but you know he said he wasn't uh, hurt that he knew of, you know, and so um, that's good because ironically, I was reading an article from oh, what's his name, uh, Andrew Kramer in in the Star Trib this week about. Rhodes. It was like the cover story on the uh, sports section about Rhodes doing more Pilates and certain types of stretching exercises to, to and really kind of lowering his workouts to try to stay as healthy as possible this season. And I thought that was a really ironically ironic time to run that story, considering he did look gimpy in yeah. that, in that game. And he talked Zip. about his, all of his injuries last year. I think he said like his glutes, his hamstring, his back. He was just really beat up. And yeah, Zimmer mentioned that he would. They've been working with him on technique quite a bit, which seems interesting for a guy that's been in the league this year and been under Zimmer for this long that he still has to work on technique. But I guess you know you got to keep perfecting that craft. That that craft. If you aren't if you aren't going forward, you're going backwards. So I don't know. Yeah, I mean, and we've talked about how important things are going to be at the DB position with the Holton Hill being out and not knowing what they have right. from Mike Hughes, and he'll be rusty, and he's still young. I mean, the fact that they're returning 10 of 11 starters, and the 11th is a guy who might as well be a starter um, that was just on, on the Seahawks last year, I think it's Stephen Weatherly, um, that might be where some of that complacency came from. You know, Zimmer mentioned that, that these guys are basically saying we're a top 5 or top 10 defense every year. You know, it's kind of like captain's practices playing hockey with all the seniors. You know, they've been there before. They know what to do. Their spots are mostly solidified. They don't need to really play for their lives as much as other guys do. So, yeah, I think the defense um, will be fine, too, in that. Last year, you know, after coming off of that Eagles game, I think that broke Zimmer's brain a little bit, and he was really trying to perfect things and create situations where each player had five different variables they could think of and it was just overly complex and they seemed to be thinking too much and not playing and and mm-hmm. just simplifying things a little bit more um having you know arguably a, a better uh, de- defense with Mike Harris being at safety versus Sandejo and then having Curse step in when he does um I'm I'm a little more confident in the defense than I w- am in the offense just in uh, a lot of ways, you know, Brian O'Neill being out, uh, you know, David Morgan's still out. He didn't count against the 53-man roster. Uh, whew, just from from a protection standpoint, I think, you know, Elfline has struggled. Um, Nicholson gonna... wrote a really great article breaking down the offensive roster, and he, he, he kind of broke down each offensive lineman, and clearly that's like the most important part of the season, or the that's going to be the focal point. I, I kind of go the other way. I I, uh, I worry about the complacency of the defense to a degree. Um, I know Zimmer will have them motivated and they'll be ready to go. They're professionals, so I I don't worry too much. But you know, I always worry for uh, worry for uh, a unit that's been together that long to to have a drop off, to get uh, a little bit older, to get you know a little bit uh, maybe comfortable in their spots and maybe make mistakes. So you you worry about those things, but. Uh, uh, the offense, I'm kind of excited for. I, I I like bringing in Kubiak and yeah, and what he can do. I like him working with Stefanski and and the new uh, revamped offensive line. Yes, I want O'Neill back, but uh, this line's going to be better. There's no two ways about it than, than it has been in the past years. And I think uh, uh, you know the, the weapons are solidified. Uh, you know they've got uh, Kyle Rudolph looks. Uh, smaller and fast. I mean, smaller by he's lost some weight and he's quicker and faster. And he's going to be playing for another season of guaranteed money on his contract, which he doesn't have. You got 
uh, Delvin Cook, who hopefully stays healthy the whole season since they drafted him in fantasy football. And uh, uh, you got uh, Diggs and, and Treadwell, you know. So I, I'm kind of excited to just to see Dylan. that, you know. Drake, who did I say Trump? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Freud, yeah. Freudian slip. Yeah. Thielen. Uh, Diggs and Thielen. And, uh, you know, and, and I, here's a little segue, but I, I even kind of, I'm really intrigued, but not completely sold on this Josh Dotson uh, yes. position. I, I think, uh, I think if, if he works out, what a wonderful find. You know, what a great third person. I mean, I heard a uh, third wide receiver, I heard uh, Zimmer talk about him on the, on his press conference today, and he was saying, you know, I mean, when he describes him, it sounds like he's describing everything he wanted in Treadwell, but didn't yeah. have. You know, he's big. He's got leaping ability. He's got size. He's he's going to be tough for you know making grabs. You know, in in contested uh, situations. So it was like, man, if that's if that's the case, and he can he can put it together, and he can stay healthy. What a great third third wide receiver when our our wide receiver was all of a sudden unit was all of a sudden looking a little bit. Uh, 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 lacking in depth, so yeah, I was surprised that they took um, or that they brought in four receivers because in in the last five seasons they've carried five, six, six, and five, and by four I mean uh, when things were announced on Saturday. Um, so the Doxon move makes sense, and it also makes sense because it was widely reported that that's the guy they wanted, not Treadwell. Um, when yeah, the, that draft it- happened. Joe, do you think they had it cooking before they finalized their, you know, uh, uh, before they made that decision to only keep four? They must have already been talking to him and totally, and and saying, okay, hey, you want to come here because we'd love to have you play, but get reunite you with Kirk Cousins again, blah 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 blah, and because that that's got to be. I mean, you you made the right point. It was surprising for them to only take four receivers on that fifty three. Yeah, and I think that you know, there's he was uh, quote unquote disappointment in. Washington, uh, just because he was a first-round guy, but I mean, his season even last year was better than his numbers were better than Treadwell's entire career. So there's different levels of disappointment, I guess. You know, he had over <laughs> 600 yards last year. He's they they really wanted him to be more of a every down receiver and not just a down the field guy. And so if you think of him that way, uh, you know, because as we've talked about a million times, there's not going to be a ton of balls to go around for this third receiver position anyway. Right. So if, if you look at him like the the, uh, the what's the opposite of a poor man, a rich man, a rich man's uh, Eldrick Robinson, who was also a guy that had familiarity with Kirk Cousins, who came in and, and had, you know, five touchdowns on 15 catches, which was just like gaudy and, and insane. Um, if you bring a guy in like uh, Doxon, who's, who's good down the field, uh, who's familiar, has familiarity with Cousins, um, it's, it is really exciting. Uh, he'll be a, you know, we, we had our fantasy drafts over the weekend, and he's obviously not, he's like a boomer bust guy. There's just not enough balls to go around, but I could see him getting, you know, a handful of touchdowns this season. Uh, he, he'll, he almost reminds me a little bit of Ola B.C. Johnson, but um, just more established and, and bigger. But he has had uh, 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 injury problems, has mm-hmm. he? Well, yeah, so that's that's my concern with him. You know, let, let, let's see him get out there, and maybe they won't have to use him as much here as as they wanted to use him in. That's in what I'm hoping. You know, if yeah. he's just a guy that that you re, you rely on, you know, for a couple catches a game, or a couple catches every couple games, Eldrick Robinson style or Jarius Wright style, uh, he should be fine. It's almost the same thing as a, as Amir Abdullah, who. I'm, a little surprised they kept, um, but especially the, with in their different positions. But Blazing Game had such an amazing preseason, oh, yeah. and, and you know how Zimmer is about fumbles. But you know Amir Abdullah, he just gets injured. He also fumbles the ball, but he's just not built for the pro game. So maybe using right. him f- five times a game, just like Doxon will help. I was I was really happy that uh, Blazing Game ended up on the practice squad, though. Um, you know that's not yep. su- super surprising, just because as we talked about last week, like there's two teams that actually have a of a, a genuine fullback position, so right. I don't think there's a huge market for it. But man, he's you don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> he's the heir apparent to C.J. Ham, who Zimmer uh, really talked up uh, this week. And that's that's the thing. If if you are going to be a team that uses a fullback, you you better have somebody uh, backing him up if he gets hurt. You know, because if, if that's what your offense requires, you know. And on the other hand, Blasting Game is is versatile. He used to be a running back in college, so. 
uh, he's, he's, he's like a backup running back as well. Uh, so I, I, I thought O was pretty, pretty, uh, assured that he was going to get put on the practice squad if he could clear waivers because he had a great preseason and, and he's got a lot of talent. He's got, he's kind of a hybrid that would, can really give you some versatility if, if you yeah, need it. So. Goal line stuff, uh, especially. Yeah. And Treadwell's um, gone. Treadwell's gone. And yeah. I guess that's about all you can say. It's, you know, it was, it was, you know, unfortunately, it was everything that uh, we all feared it was going to be. You know, when they, when you know, there was a lot of people that he, they settled for him. They had to get a receiver at the time, so they reached for him, and he was not the guy. He didn't, despite the fact that he worked his butt off. Uh, uh, reportedly, he he just didn't turn into what they needed him to be, and and uh, so yeah, I wonder how much his that that devastating like leg injury ha- that he had in college. Yeah, uh, had to do with him starting out maybe a little bit slow, still healing and never really finding his spot. Um, we've talked about Treadwell ad nauseum on this show. I, I wrote an uh, initial reaction to the initial 53-man roster on both. Actually, I think it was just on Vikings territory. It's still up there. It's one of the trending articles. Good for me. Um, I posted a link to my um, before that draft. I, I wrote an article uh, basically saying forget Treadwell and. Doxon, the receiver I want is Michael Thomas and and Mobo, um, like uh, undrafted free agent Mobo, and then bring in Michael Thomas. Uh, it explains my my Treadwell theory. I've talked about it a lot on the show. We get a lot of new listeners. I'll just sum it up really quickly. I felt like he was a one trick pony whose trick doesn't work in the NFL. Um, I posted this in that article as well, but. If you look at his combine results, and this could have been a little bit uh, swayed just because he was still perhaps healing a little bit, but for a guy who you talk about Doxon and what he does with contested balls and being big and strong, you know Treadwell was in the bottom 20th percentile of vertical jump. Uh, he was in the bottom 15th percentile for uh, upper body strength, uh, just bench presses. And so for a guy that you think. It would be good at contested balls for leaping and, and overpowering DBs. He just didn't have those tools, and that might work in college, um, but it isn't going to work. And he tried, uh, like you said. I mean, I remember you. T- he was uh, struggling with drops during OTAs, and I remember writing an article saying, should we worry about Treadwell? And people were like, you're insane. Um, and you, you well, talked about beside the point. <laughs> I'm still bitter about it. Um, clearly, but you talked about him like staying after practice on the jugs machine and oh, and yeah. trying. So you know, I, I give him credit for that. I don't think he was as um, tone deaf as as like a Cordero Patterson who was given opportunities from Zimmer and Michael Irvin and just turned them down. I think he did really try. Word is is that he's going to sign with Buffalo, though. I think he's there today visiting with them, which is a surprise. I think a lot of people thought maybe Shermer would pick him up because the Giants obviously need help at the position. Um, or even but the Seahawks. Uh, Shermer knows him, though. So, I mean, why would he pick him up? I, that's exactly what I was thinking. You know, I don't think Shermer was a big fan of his one way or the other. But either sure. way... Listen, you know... Um, I, Goodbye, Treadwell. I mean, that's you know, you summed it up. We said enough. He's gone. Let's let, we got to move on because this guy is, you know, um, he just didn't work out, and he's going to go into the fallen pantheon of of people like uh, Christian Ponder, Ponder, and Troy Williamson, and you know, blah 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 blah. So unfortunately, you, Desi, uh, what was the guy? We had two picks the year of uh, Aaron Rodgers. It was Troy Williamson, and there was a Big Ten defensive lineman that was we took eighteen. Oh, yeah. Erasmus James. Um, yep. Those were yeah. horrible picks, obviously. That draft was, was, was bad. Um, so, anyway. One of the uh, And we'll just touch on this briefly because it's relatively old news at this point, but I know it's going to kind of simmer and come up during the season, and I thought it'd be fun to talk about. Um, and there's a lot of differing opinions amongst our writers group as well. I think Nick Olson wrote a really good piece on this. It's similar to mine in title. But he's just mainly focusing on the offensive uh, 53-man roster, and it's the Slaughter situation. And there, there were reports that the Vikings were trying to trade him. Um, why is I? Why am I blanking on this? Who did they trade and get a seventh-round pick for? Uh they traded. Uh, um, oh my! <laughs> uh, it'll come to me. Um, yes, yeah, so they traded somebody and uh, got a seventh-round pick. But, Kirk Cousins. Uh, they traded um, Kirk Cousins? Yep, seventh-round pick. Best move ever. Um, wow. 
No, it doesn't matter. Anyway, they were trying to trade Slaughter. Um, according to Nick Olson's uh, statistics, he um, has the second best preseason career in adjusted net yards behind Patrick Mahomes and barely ahead of Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, and Drew Brees, which is kind of funny. And we've, we've broken this down a lot. Uh, Nick Olson did as well. Uh, just the his inability to do the rest of the job. You know, Mannion uh, reportedly is really good on the whiteboard. He's really well read. Um, well, that's really good. We need that on the field. Isadora. <laughs> They traded it. Oh, there you go. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they, he does, like, a lot of the stuff you, you would want a backup to do in regards to game planning and and helping uh, cousins. And I don't think that Sloter's, um comments to the media helped very much. Uh, he was saying a lot of stuff like, you know, I don't care about, I, like, that sort of stuff. You know, I don't care about game prep or... Uh, clock management. I'm a I'm a player and I'm a gamer and I go out there. You and said I, that? Yes, he's Nick Olson has quotes. I'm paraphrasing, but he said a, a lot of really resentful. Like I don't care what the media has to say about that. I'm like a winner basically, and I don't need it. Get get an agent. Uh, get get a PR consultant. Get somebody who can tell you, you know, the right things to say. I mean, yeah. if he actually says that to the media. Imagine what he's like in in on the field. I mean, and when Zimmer's out in the media telling him to be, he's bitter about his clock management problems. I mean, that's that's just like a flag right there. Hello. Yeah, uh, that I mean that it, that sealed the deal for me. Like I understand that. Uh, I think people need to take into account too. Like he was playing against threes uh, for the most part, uh, so he is good, uh, relatively good. He does extend plays. Um, he has a good arm, so on and so forth. But I, when you, I extend plays in the sandlot, so what? what <laughs> you don't, Oberly doesn't need to read no playbook. That's right. I'm a player, man. Draw it up in the sand and let's go. <laughs> um, yeah, he just was saying all the wrong things, clearly. and um, Sounds like doing them, too, and that's what did him in. It, I mean, it, if, you need – I mean, especially on a team that is really – clock management and field position and the small things are super important on the field and to Zimmer. You know, he's a stickler for that kind of stuff. Um, It's just, I mean, I get it. I get that fans aren't happy with Cousins. I do do think, uh, just a quick little tangent on this. Um, Connor, maybe it was Connor Wicklander or Sean Borman this morning. I saw a tweet pop up comparing Cousins' contract to to Jared Goff's and how big Goff's uh, contract is. And I think a lot of people... Uh, I want to say this without sounding elitist and and uh, sc- score northy. Um, I think some people only remember Cousins' contract in the context of the time. Uh, it, you know, the biggest contract in NFL history. Uh, in, when instead it it really more set the market, and now everyone's going beyond it. So it, looking at it now, uh, regardless of his performance. It's not as gaudy as it was at the time. Um, yeah, the other thing about it is, is uh, Cousins changed teams, and everybody else is re-signing with their own team that's that's getting bigger con- contracts, you know. They thought, uh, Cousins moved from one team to another, whereas and this is an extension for, for what's-his-face, Goff, and, and, yep. and uh, Wilson had an extension, and, and everybody else had an extension. Dak Prescott's going to get an extension. It's like, you know... Uh, there's a difference there, you know, I, and I, I'm not sure what the significance of it is per se, but you know, it's it's uh, you're going to have to overpay if you're going to be in a bidding war with all these other teams. If if you're just resigning with your own team, you can probably, you know, you might not have to uh, spend that much. The Vikings had to spend what they had to spend to get them, and whether or not you want them or not is is irrelevant to that point. But it, it, you know, it, it, you certainly can look at it now and say. They spent too much, sure, but they had to. And uh, now everybody else is going to have to pay even more for their getting their own quarterback back, apparently. Yeah, you know, and, and the, the Jets were a big part of that. The Jets seemed to Absolutely. love the Vikings. You know, they, they tried to steal Jeff Bidette. I don't know where he ended up. He clearly didn't make the team. They did, um, in regards to the kicking game, um, a lot of people are, are apoplectic about giving up that fifth for nothing, uh, basically. And... 
they did try to sign Vedvik to the practice squad, uh, but the Jets sniped him. So that's part of it. If he would have made the practice squad, maybe. I mean, I think people still would have been upset. But, you know, it is what it is. They, they tried. I'm not as big of a... I know you need as many bullets in the gun as possible for the draft because it's just a crapshoot, and I know that Diggs was the fifth-round pick and everything, but, I mean, uh, they tried, and I have to applaud that. It didn't work out, but, they, I mean, yeah, I, they were, people were obsessed with Vedvik. I mean, there was all the people, Bears fans were kept editing his Wikipedia to say that he came to the Bears and basically won them the Super Bowl with a 70-yard <laughs> field goal. Um, so the, uh, there's people that clearly bought into his uh, whatever. Uh, so I was I, excited about him. You know, I I, uh, I I I got I was in awe of him stroking these long flipping kicks. You know, with that seemingly effortless. I, I first time I, from the first kick I saw him make to the last, he just looks like he was out there just hitting yeah. chip shots with his with his nine iron. It was amazing. But uh, you know. There's a couple ways to look. I thought about writing, a, you know, this uh, story on this long, sordid uh, trip of of Zimmer and the kicking game because it, it, it's getting quite amazing what what's happened. And, it's and they you, signed another punter and a kicker this week. Right, too, you almost so. can't keep up with it. You know, I don't even know Chilquit or some of these guys. I don't even know who they are anymore. But the, <laughs> the point is, I, I saw I saw somebody who had a slightly different take on it. And I thought was kind of interesting. He said, you know. You have to give them some credit that you think that the rest of your team is so uh, uh, ready to go and yeah. ready, you're, you're filled at every other position that you need that that you're trying to fine tune this 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 unit so that this isn't the reason you're going to uh, crap out in a in a big game. Um, it is a big part of uh, uh, games come down to this. We saw it last year with Daniel Carlson and you know I, I, Mike Mark Craig had a. a uh, a Q&A with the Zimmer in the paper this weekend in which uh, uh, Zimmer said, you know, I probably should have kept Daniel Carlson around. You know, yeah. that, that saying hindsight. So he that, hit 95% of his kicks in Oakland. I know we talked about that, and I know that it, there's less pressure, but damn it. Yeah, that, that's true, and, and I, I still contend to that. I'll wait to see how he does in, in his first big pressure kick this season if the Raiders ever do get better. But uh, <laughs> uh, it, 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 it's, it's, it's interesting because – a, I give Zimmer credit for saying that, you know, and at yeah. least you know having that. But but by the other the other side of the coin is, dude, you really don't have this figured out, do you? Come on, no. you no, know it, it, it's 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 crazy and it's 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 amazing what's happening. But I will give them like you did a little bit earlier. I will give them a little credit. They're really trying to figure it out, and and uh, I guess what what for what that's worth. You know, I, I bring this up relatively often because it shaped my worldview in regards to the Vikings. So my my it's not really a worldview, but uh, you know, I I came of age watching the Vikings in the Randy Moss era and the Red McCombs era, and I remember being at a Titans game. My best friend uh, at the time, his dad owned Warner Stanley in the uh, appliance store, so we would get really great tickets because they bought a lot of advertising. And we were, like, in the second row behind the end zone against the Titans, and Red McCombs was walking by. This was the season that he got uh, fined for being so far under the salary cap that uh, he was fined for it. And all these people were, like, trampling each other to try to go up and shake his hand. And I remember uh, this was me back when I used to drink, and I started screaming, like, why are you shaking his hand? He's awful. Um... And so looking at it that way and then looking at it with what the team's doing, and I know that they're uh, not necessarily getting results from it, but it really feels since especially the Teddy Bridgewater injury and they traded the first-round pick to get um, Bradford that they identified that they have a window and they are doing everything within their power financially uh, and otherwise to take advantage of that. And I, while the, while it might not work or they haven't made the best decisions, um, I appreciate it, you know, but then also I understand the argument of a guy like, um, Glenn Taylor, who is, who has been a really great owner financially and paid for things, uh, when, uh, free agents decide to come here, which I don't, for whatever reason, basketball players hate coming to Minnesota. Um, but just making terrible decision after terrible decision, I don't think that's the case with this uh, management or ownership. I think they've made a lot of great decisions, and they're very, very close. Um, so I, I, you know, I and you have, have to, to remember be... that when you get to this point, in, you know, in uh, in this league, everybody's close. You know, I mean, we're going to see that in our division this year. I'm not segueing yet to the NFC uh, North, but. 
Detroit's going to be better. You know, they're they're all going to be close. And when you get to the playoffs and you get to the 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 the, the, the ter- playoff tournament, there's just you know it doesn't matter if you think your team's better. That doesn't mean you're necessarily going to win the Super Bowl. You know, uh, you still have to go out there and by by hook or by crook and win those games. It's just it's. Uh, you're right. They are getting close. They are consistently, uh, you know, they're up and down in the Zimmer regime. They go from a, a great season to a, a bad, a subpar season, and then they rebound and another, you know. So I, I think they're uh, this team is as as opposed to the Timberwolves have put good decision makers in place. You okay over there, Joe? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> and. Uh, uh, I don't know if, if Glenn, Glenn Taylor has always done that. It's always put, you know, the, the right decision makers in place. You know, Khan, uh, they had the wrath of Khan over there for a while, and it was not good. Well, but, uh, uh, what's his face uh, from the Celtics? Uh, oh, don't no, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree. I know. So don't don't get me started. Kevin McHale's a great friend of mine. I thought he did a great job for that team. So, wow. Uh, oh well, that's a segue, but. Uh, yeah. So anyway, I mean, I, I think you know they're they're close, and they have just you know Zimmer believes in defense, and he wants his offense to 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 supplement, not supplement, but to clear the path for his defense. He wants them to have ball control so he can keep his defense off the field because when that defense is rested, it's one of the best in the league. And so that's how he feels he's going to win the game: run the ball and have a decent passing game. And 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 a long time-consuming drives that uh, wears down the other team's defense. It's it's a tried and true method, and that's how he wants to do it. If you know, if, uh, if somebody other uh, other days today is is making uh, says the league's passing league that you got to fire throw 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 throw. Yeah, that that breeds some success. But I don't know how many. Uh, I don't know if you can win year after year that way. So well, clearly I, I it didn't work the last season. Um. Exactly. You know, it, it it got him to a little, you know, the hair above 500. Um, Cousins had one of the best statistical seasons in in Vikings history, but you know, he it just became too much, especially with the amount of hits he was taking and the lack of support in the run game. Uh, so yeah, I do think. But who was responsible for the Joe Smith thing? That's the thing that bothers me the most because that hamstrung this team or the Timberwolves. And that um, was actually Glenn Taylor. Okay, so that's my. I, I don't think he made the best decisions either, uh, your buddy. But that was. Well, he, he, that was so he bad. Was, he was instructed to do that by Glenn Taylor. Uh, yeah, so that I mean that kind of makes it better uh, for him anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean I know a lot of people are kind of down on the team, and and I get that, but I do think that you know they they have a very good shot this season. I, I am a little perplexed in regards to I'm I'm doing kind of a uh, power ranking roundup, which I do every week, and a lot of the uh, national powers that be are like have the the Packers anywhere from first to third, and I don't. And this isn't just Packers hate in it, at all. Um, I don't understand that um, uh, because there's you know there's. There's a lot of moving parts, a lot of new things. You know, um, they have a brand new offense that's actually probably going to be relatively similar to the Vikings' offense, with Lafleur being uh, running a similar offense to what Kubiak does. So I think it'll be similar but different, obviously, because they're not fully investing in the Kubiak offense. You know, I've heard some reports of um, Rodgers and Lafleur not really getting along, which is a think good those sign. Are old. Those are old. Yeah, I, I, I and I don't know how much it. stock I put into them, but I, I it, it makes me happy. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, it just seems like I don't know, especially on defense. You know, they they finally opened up their purse strings a little bit. Uh, they brought in a couple big uh, defensive free agents uh, in uh, Zadarius Smith and uh, I forget who the other one was. They got Rashawn Gary and Darnell Savage Jr. via the draft. Maybe it was Preston Smith. Um, either way, they got two edge rushers, uh, which is a little concerning uh, for the Vikings. They did let Mike Daniels go, which was a big surprise, but he uh, cost a lot of money, ended up in Detroit. Um, but, you know, they did keep – Lafleur did keep the D coordinator in uh, Mike Pettin, so I think they're not necessarily starting from scratch like they are on offense. But there's a lot of new people, uh, four new guys, uh, the ones I just mentioned, and two from the draft. And I just don't think that uh, – I think the best quote to sum up my feelings came from the Packers GM, 
who said, you know, I can't answer a lot of these questions till the middle of the season. Ask me in the middle of the season. That's when we'll know because we just have to get things together and it's going to take time. Um, and so that makes me a little uh, happy that the Vikings are facing them week two because I feel like they might be a different team when they face them uh, week seven, 16. Um, but I just, yeah, I don't get outside of, yeah, Aaron Rodgers is good. Uh, but last year was his worst year statistically since his rookie year. He had only, uh, I put that in quotes, 25 touchdowns. Um, but he was playing hurt. Mm, yeah, I don't know how good their line is. It just seems like, I don't know, it just seemed weird that they got rid of Mike Daniels instead of trying to, maybe they did try to restructure him, but it just doesn't seem like a team on the precipice of a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, you know, you go back and forth and uh, uh, either the Packers are, are getting some love or the Vikings are getting some love and and. People that are team that's not getting any is the Bears, Bears? which really, really, really confuses me. I, I don't see it. Do you I, think it's the change I, of the de- like the, that they lost uh, Fangio or something? Or that's part of it. They also lost a couple uh, uh, people on their uh, uh, defensive side of the ball. I mean, they certainly didn't lose uh, the big stud. I can't even think of his name, Khalil Mack, but. Uh, um, they lost a couple guys in their defense, so, that, so that's going to hurt them a little bit. But they also picked up a decent defensive coordinator. You know, he, he's he's uh, a, a long, yeah, a long story, great defensive coordinator. So yeah. it's like that, I don't th- think you know it will be a new defense, perhaps, but it will. The, well, will the, hmm, the word on the street is that it'll be similar, like a, a similar three-four everything, but that he's going to blitz a lot more. And with Khalil Mack and his ability to take over a game, that scares the shit out of me, to be completely honest. Yeah, I, I I don't know. I I, uh, um, I I think they'll they'll be decent. They still got two decent running. Uh, are, are both Howard and Tariq Cohen still there? And I thought and, they uh, brought in that rookie. They they let Howard go and they got a rookie. That's right. Um, yeah. Second round because they didn't have a first round pick. That was actually a really good pickup. They'll have, still have a decent running game, and and uh, I think uh, Trubisky is only getting better. I mean, he's, yep. he's uh, a decent player who can uh, strong quarterback who can run. So, ice and threat for the Vikings. So I, time. I, I, I don't, you know, it, it, you know, even uh, Patricia over in Detroit is is getting his team to where he wants it to be. They're going to be better. And uh, T.J. Hawkinson scares me. Yeah, yeah. Zimmer said as much on at his conference today. He says they're going to be better, and there's no two ways about it. There's you know, the difference between uh, the best best team and the worst team in this uh, league, and in the divisions are always very slim. So you know, we all know that people, you know, people wonder why. Are looking for someone to be dominant like the Yankees of the whatever decades ago, and it just it just doesn't happen. You know, the, the NFL is not built that way. No, uh, yeah, I think Detroit will be very much improved. Uh, Hawkinson very well could be the new Gronk, and if you have to face him twice a season, that's no fun. On top of the fact that the Vikings under Zimmer have always struggled with the Lions for whatever reason. Um, you know, the only thing with the Bears is I think that. You know, we've seen this when you have a team that is is that physical and puts so much energy into winning, and they they lose because of a double doink that can really deflate them. Um, <laughs> uh, and like you said, the difference there's so much parity in the NFL. I mean, every year it's like a, the especially the wild card teams are different. And right. uh, you know, we've seen that um, with, yeah, with the Bears teams too. Teams go up and down. Teams go up and down. I mean, a team that played well one year and goes down the next year. I mean, the Vikings do. And uh, then they're back up the next year because they figure out what they've done wrong and rebuild and fill some holes. And so, I, I, I it, it's it's a crapshoot. There's nothing that you can you know count on. Although you know, uh, Sports Illustrated just came out with their their prediction, and they've got the the Chiefs beating the Vikings in the Super Bowl. So go really, think. yes, they do. Oh, I gotta find that. Yeah, I haven't seen a lot of love for the Vikings, so I was gonna mention that power ranking wise. I see it's like between. Uh, the one I was looking at, I think it was CBS Sports. They were 14th, and they were they had moved up six spots uh, that week, despite losing two. Oh, I mean, there's four preseason games, so whatever that's but worth. You, you know, I've schooled you on these things. This is all uh, uh, happy horse pocket. pocket. You know, it, it's uh, it's uh, it means doesn't mean doodly squat. Yeah, I know. Okay. I uh, all I right. was gonna put that on the agenda, and I still fit fit it in. But I, I was I crossed it out because I'm just like I know Joe at this point it cares very little it's either that or fantasy football we should do a deep dive into our draft that'll make you happy yeah, right. um, <sighs> speaking of which my dr- ugh. Uh, <laughs> so the Falcons game there's a really great article uh, written by Deshaun Vaughn on Purple PTSD 
about the you know Zimmer has faced the the, the Falcons three times. He's three and zero. Um, the main key to those games have been Zimmer slash Rhodes' ability to disguise their coverages uh, between man and, and when they're really running a zone, uh, playing two high safeties. There's a lot. Uh, Deshaun has some video clips uh, showing that. Um, and and you have a guy like Julio Jones who almost averages 100 yards a game, but against the Vikings he's never top 60. He has not caught a touchdown against the Vikings. Um, and and like you said earlier in the show, um, that might be something that that Matt Ryan, who almost he played as well as almost his MVP year last season, uh, they just had a lot of injuries on defense, especially <clears throat> um, that they might have seen it and maybe they're they're really gonna come out guns blazing trying to get around that um mm-hmm. you know i think that, that well you know if our writers are picking it up that they're they're certainly their team has picked up on it so. for sure you know yeah. and that's you always wonder how that's what's so amazing about belichick is this, this consistent success despite the fact that you know, people clearly uh, are studying him left and right and f- trying to find little weaknesses in what they do. And they have a lot of blue-collar cl- players in that team. It's not a lot of superstars, obviously. Um, but, yeah, I think that the game, for me, one of the main keys is the outside of Rhodes and Jones. Um, Calvin Ridley last year had 800 yards and 10 touchdowns. He really excels when teams focus on, on Julio. Um, Julio's been injured, uh, but he's a, a full go for week one. Um, so, you know, Trey Waynes, uh, Mackenzie Alexander, even like uh, Curse and their ability to uh, shut down Calvin Ridley, I think is going to be super important. But yeah, like I said, the uh, they're, I think they're a lot healthier on defense this year. Um, they were similar to the Vikings around 500 last season, um, but they're a really good team and it's a, it's a tough opener. It is. Uh, for what it's worth, I just heard... Uh... Uh, Paul Allen, I believe, on KFAN say that he thinks they'll win the division uh, in the South, while other most of the national people are picking the Saints to win the Super Bowl. Um, so I, I don't know. They, it sounds like you know they have another tough division down there as well with, with yeah. those two good teams. They got uh, Carolina, who's never out of it, and I think uh, the the Bucks are going to be improved with their new coach Bruce Arians. So it's a uh, it's you know like I was saying earlier you know the, the difference between good and bad is so so slim and you know you could have a, a team that ends up with a, a, a seven and nine record but you know they're probably still a decent team so um, I think it's a tough tough go first opening game I, I'm, I'm glad it's at home uh, the place will be rocking uh, you know uh, it gives the Vikings a chance to beat a really decent I think what seems to be a decent team at home right out of the gate, but they, uh, they have to come ready for it and, and do it because, you know, the next week you got Green Bay. It doesn't get any easier. They don't get a breather until the uh, hapless Oakland Raiders and Antonio uh, yeah. uh, Brown come in here in week three. But, Depending yeah, on so. his uh, helmet situation. But, yeah, then they exactly. have the Bears right after that. Right. Um, yeah, the first four games, it's it's incredibly important. Um, I expect to see, you know, I think the Vikings – played a lot of things really close to their chest this preseason you know i think they did um basic versions of complex things they're going to do that but they were succeeding at it initially so they didn't really need to to up things until they really ran into the cardinals but having dalvin cook back i think will be huge i think um alexander madison is going to get uh a lot more uh, action than when I draft, I drafted him in both of our leagues, uh, the Dynasty League and the other one, just in case uh, Cook gets injured, and also to take away your handcuff, just out of Thanks. Malice. I was going to go get him. I, I, I knew someone would do it before I, I could, but uh, you, you took him on, on opening night? Uh, well, I'm not going to play him. But yeah, I know, but you, you took him, you took him uh, during our draft. I didn't realize that. I thought he was oh, still yeah. out there. No, I took, I took him in both. The um, <laughs> bastard. I know, uh, so I, I just felt like, but it, the reason I brought it up was because the, you know, you click on the player and it shows, like, uh, predicted stats. They added him with 30 y- yards the entire season, and I'm like, okay, they are not paying attention to Vikings football at all. That's Well, you know, I, I didn't pick him up because I thought that would be bad juju for uh, the Vikings and Delvin Cook. You know, I, I, I figured you got to get behind the guy and believe that he's going to be there for 16 games, and it's crucial. But I guess if that's the way you want to play it, Joe, and just kind of be hoping for Delvin Cook to go down, well, there you go. 
Well, it'll be my fault. Uh, I just the way I said it in the chat at the time was uh, this will be if if he gets injured, knock on wood, it'll be a little silver lining for me to get through it. Um, but I also think in, in in full seriousness that they might just based on how they they treated Delvin this preseason and and not having him play in those first two games because the fields were new that they might really limit his touches or put him oh, on, a pi- on a pitch count. Uh, they absolutely you know, will. You, yeah, I don't think they're going to give him the ball 25 times every single game. I don't think oh. – I, th- I think they want to keep him as healthy as possible. And so I do think Madison and, and that whole – I mean, Boone has shown how great he's been. Abdullah is very dangerous uh, and, and can and can come in and, and break one at any time. Uh, Boone can as well. I think that yeah. really that's going to be – you know, and and it's interesting. Him and Devonta Freeman went to the same high school, I think, at the same time, and that's going to be a big component of the game as well. Freeman played what two games last year? I think he's healthy now or healthier. Um, so I'll be interested to see how the Vikings' uh, rush defense looks as well, with Linville Joseph being back, Weatherly being there. I I, I agree with you. I don't think you know uh, that it kind of makes uh, Dalvin Cook not a great first round pick, even though I took him in because he he is going to be limited. They're going to have him on a pitch count certainly early until I see how strong he is. And, and, uh, uh, he's not, uh, they're, they're going to, they got a great backup in, in Madison that he will, he will get his time. There's no two ways about it. And he'll, he'll score some points as well. So I, I, I totally agree with you on that. I think, uh, it'll be interesting to watch what, uh, the Falcons defense do with the Vikings receiving unit, you know, mm-hmm. are they going to d- try to double cover digs? Or are they going to, you know, now with uh, Thielen's getting all the love and getting all, you know, they, they uh, people ranking him ahead of digs, you know, yep. not only because digs was double covered at times and Thielen was open. Uh, it, it, it's, uh, it, it should be interesting to see. And, and uh, what another, other teams, you know, are going to do against the Vikings offense. And, uh, uh, where was we reading? I was reading last year, about last year. You know, they 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 knew uh, that the Vikings weren't going to pass the ball as as games went, or weren't going to run the ball as the game went on. So they just would just sit there and and sell out for the pass, and and they they knew they could take it away from them. That's how they defended them. Well, hopefully this year it's such a a more varied and and new offense that they don't know about that uh, the Vikings will have a lot of. Uh, have a lot of weapons, you know, some two tight end sets with Irv Smith and, and yeah. Kyle, Kyle Rudolph, and and will make it tough for defenses to figure out exactly what's going on, and that will make open it up for everybody. So, we'll yeah, especially with with Irv Smith uh, lining up as a wide receiver a lot this preseason, right. I think they're just going to be finding ways to get him the ball. There was that great video of Cousins uh, just with him and Irv Smith and in inside field at uh, TCO working on things together. And I think that, you know, the history of Kubiak shows that he tends to favor tight ends that are more multifaceted, that can block. And there was a lot of reports of them recently being uh, uh, surprised by how well uh, Ursula Jr. could block. I think they knew he was a decent blocker, but not as good as as he was. So I fully expect after... You know, a couple of seasons last year, talking to Kyle Rudolph and him being all excited about running not just two tight end sets, but three tight end sets, and that never, in the passing game anyway, that never really materialized. Um, I just think there's there's so many options and so many weapons. I could see Cousins, you know, getting the ball to eight or nine different guys in this game, seven, eight, anyway. Um, and, and that's, and that's uh, exciting. That, that's, uh, you know, they were putting that on film for for people to look at you know the two tight end sets in in the preseason they wanted them to see that and it's you know it's <clears throat> the reason that i contended you know in some of our chats and and uh um uh things that we had talked about amongst us and the writers that i said they're not going to get rid of david morgan they're going to put him on the pup because until he figures out what the heck's wrong with him because they value the tight ends around here and they know in in david morgan they have a good reliable and he's a great blocker who can who can catch and and get first downs when you need it. So uh, I was glad to see that they did put him on the pup list, and and hopefully he he returns at some point. And he's healthy because uh, it it's it just adds more to uh, to this offense that that can certainly use it, especially when it comes to protecting the passer. Yeah, and you brought this up earlier too. Um, I think that it it was strange to me, and we discussed this at the time how with the historical amount of success that Cousins and Thielen were having last year, that that teams were still seemingly scheming to take digs out of the game. I think 
Diggs and, and Cousins, because of that, don't have the rhythm that, that Thielen and Cousins do. Um, but I don't really worry about it just because you can no, throw I'll the ball. You know, you could throw the ball five yards behind him an inch off the ground and he would do some sort of <laughs> Matrix-style move to catch it. Um, he's going to get his catches. Yes. And, and that, you know, it's it just... Uh, I think Diggs is more of a boomer bust guy, um, despite how... I, I think that... I don't want to say that to limit his importance because... You know, he does draw a lot of coverages, and he does help in a mul- multitude of ways. But uh, Thielen is just gonna get his touches. He just does. He lines up more uh, in different uh, in different places more than Diggs does. Uh, but I, the, beyond that, I want I'm interested to see what BB does, if anything. Um, I picked yeah. him, I picked him up in our dynasty league just because there was 50 rounds, and I figured with the with half point PPR, who knows? I but uh, he had a bad preseason after having a miraculous OTA minicamp sort of thing. I was I was disappointed. Uh, I was really excited to see what he could do. You know, he had some drops, uh, which Nicholson called concentration drops. Uh, he uh, had that interception that people say were, was his fault. Um, I don't know if he got nervous or what, but that's not what you want from your third receiver, obviously, on this team. Um, you know, yeah, I... I... You know, before I go on to BB, I just want to say uh, uh, I just want to keep Diggs and Thielen healthy all season, and they're going to be a headache for for defensive coordinators. I don't care. It's, you know, go ahead, uh, Bill Belichick, pick your poison, double cover one of them. The other guy's going to get his. So it's yeah. just the way it's going to be. Um, yeah, BB was a little a little disappointing in in the games. Uh, you know, made some mistakes if that's if that's the case where he ran the wrong route and it turned into a pick six the other way. Um, but uh, I, I still think his his value and he'd probably his work ethic are going to change that around, and he, he will come through as called on. He's probably the kind of guy that's going to benefit more than anybody from the uh, acquisition of Josh, Do- Josh Doxson because, yeah. uh, you know, it takes the pressure off him a little bit. You use him in the situations where you want to rather than, you know, uh, all the time as a third third down receiver, and, and he's going to he's gonna perform when called upon because that's kind of what he did last year, you know. So, And I think he'll, he will be a – a backup holder he will be maybe a punt yep. returner and uh he'll he'll certainly he's worthwhile having on the team i think uh, uh you know the more i think about having uh Dachson on this team really you know takes the pressure off the 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 uh, backups the depth of that uh that unit and and there's a, a number of different guys you can go go to there that can really help you out so i, One, I think it was a good move by the team totally uh one thing last year that people you know were looking at cousins is um completion percentage and they were saying well he throws a lot of short passes a lot of passes behind the line of scrimmage because he doesn't have any time a la bradford and uh there were times this preseason where he the vikings could have got a ton of yards maybe even a touchdown on screen passes on the when the opposing team was basically doing an all-out blitz and cousins um kind of his touch passes the short ones weren't great uh one of them you know he was under immense pressure running back like kind of running backwards he had to throw it over the d lineman but i want to make i want to see some uh better screens and that sort of thing um because every running back that the vikings kept is can catch passes out of the backfield and i think that that's going to be a huge uh, component of the, their game this year. So I, yeah, I, I really want to see that. Him. Yeah, totally. It was just ironic because he's so good down the field. Uh, <laughs> and it's those little quote-unquote gimmies that aren't gimmies that uh, he's, tr- he's been struggling with. So I think that would be big Maybe it comes with practice. The more time, you, more opportunities you have to do them, the you know, the more uh, the more you get your muscle memory down, the more that comes natural to you to make that pass. And they, they didn't do enough of it last year, so yeah. You know, I, I know they were they were looking at it this preseason, and I think you'll see a heck of a lot more. But it's just you got to have that. Anybody has to have that when you got a team that's you know uh, that's going to be coming. I mean, Khalil Mack's going to be coming. Nah. You know, yeah. Over at you, you've got to be able to to somehow uh, so, you know circumvent that that pass rush by being able to hit a, a short screen out of the backfield you know then that keeps them honest and then, then they can't just go balls out and, and come in on you so um yeah i i hope that's a huge part of the offense i hope uh that cousins is uh uh 
finds its way to complete a whole bunch of those. Because like you said, all the receivers that they have can catch the ball and do something with it. It's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, Khalil Mack scares me. I'm just going to leave it at that. I just he, he He's such a disruptor, more so than pretty much anyone. Maybe because we see him twice a season. But, God, he is just a monster. Uh, so, but we, you and I both mentioned that the Vikings have to get off to a good start um, this season. And I almost feel the same amount of pressure in regards to getting off to a good start in our game score prediction contest that we do every year. Oh, my. Uh, I always always end up like 50 points behind after one or two games. So I put a lot of thought into this. I got about an hour of sleep last night. I had one of those old-school calculators with the paper that comes out, um, and I think I got it. So um, I know you haven't written your game preview yet, so yeah, I, I haven't have a thought chance, about it. I haven't even had a chance to cheat, uh, and that's what's extra sad is I more often than not know what your what yours is going to be, so I could prices right you, and I and I still <laughs> fail. <laughs> um, but I'll go first. I do think the Vikings are going to win. I think it'll be close, though. I think that um, the offensive line is going to take some time to gel, especially if O'Neal's coming back, having missed the time that he has. Uh, you know, we'll see. Um, how things go, I just I'm a little pensive just because of how that Cardinals game went and people. Even my dad the other day was saying, "Oh, they they're running a lot of stunts," and I'm like, "Well, that's what happens in the regular season. That doesn't make me feel any better." Um, so with that in mind, I I don't think it'll be a barn burner. Um, hopefully, I think it'll the Vikings will win, but it'll be 25 to 20. No, 24 to uh, uh, 21 actually. Oh my god, you gotta be kidding me. That's my number. Is it? Yeah. I, I know you, that's why I wanted to go first. <laughs> I figured out your strategy is to hit go for the averages and then you know, my whole forty two to three, that is uh, not gonna happen. <laughs> well, you know, I, I didn't really even think about this since I, I had forgotten about the prediction segment. You know, it's I guess it's I'm I was like I'm like the Vikings defense have become complacent in the victory <laughs> year, year after year. So uh, I'm a little behind the eight ball here, but as you're talking I was saying, Okay, twenty twenty four twenty one uh uh Vikings, but uh, now I have to change that because uh You've given that score, so um, I'm gonna go. Uh, yeah, I want to say they're gonna win by field goal because uh, you know because of all the problems that the, the Vikings have had with the kicking game, and I think Dan Bailey's gonna be a stud. Me too. So I'm. I think uh, I'm gonna go with more, more uh, uh, um, field goals than touchdowns this week as the offense kind of gets going. I'm gonna go 23-20. I know that doesn't. Uh, vary it and make it too exciting but you know uh you know we'll see who comes in and uh uh you know just remember that uh my initial score was 24 21 so. <laughs> uh it should be yeah it'll be fun we'll be um live chatting the game for people that haven't gone on purple ptsd we have this new sort of um proto social media live chat message board a mixture that's really cool uh we're calling it vikes geist a la zeitgeist and it's obviously free to use it takes two seconds to sign up uh you can we live chat during games uh every article gets posted in the message board every uh we have a ton of other vikings new stuff there too it's almost like an aggregate aggregator so if you want to find a place just to see what all the news is from different websites, we do have that. Um, we were posting links to basically everything. And you can comment on them and, and interact with the writers of each article. It's actually pretty cool. So hopefully uh, as things go, uh, people will continue to sign up. Uh, we've been getting a lot of love from Bleacher Report, which means so much to us. It's insane just the amount of new eyes on the network and uh, on the, sh- the show itself it's just been yeah it really does feel like we've uh, made it and it makes me want to cry so I, I will leave it at that uh but yeah tune in uh, next uh tuesday or wednesday depending uh for coverage of the game i am bringing back my show uh the smoke break uh which despite this show uh as i'm sure people can hear i'm uh, actually trying to quit smoking so i might have to switch it to the nicotine gum break but 
I will cover, uh, I'll do a short video on Twitter and hopefully YouTube Live at the same time before the game, halftime, and after the game. So that'll be a live video show. I might be joined by some people from the website. We can do a Q&A afterwards if people want to ask questions. The, uh, our other flagship show about the labor has returned. It's uh, got new hosts in uh, Kirby O'Connor. Uh, Sean Borman was on the show before, so people are used to that. Uh, Nick Olson uh, checks in from time to time. So keep an eye out for that. I'm sure they'll be doing something after the game as well, but there'll just be a lot of content uh, from here until the game starts. So hopefully uh, you guys will check all of that out and then check out TicketClub.com as well uh, because it's a pretty sweet deal. It took me like three years to negotiate. So uh, this has been Morning Joe's for the 4th of September. I uh, will catch you next time. Skull.